the center. <laughs> Let's get real here. Yeah. That shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> and I'll play play the role of a caring individual who loves sinners. And that's a push. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no, in all seriousness, it's it's an important subject. Many of you struggle with this. How do I do it? How do I start? How do I get the ball rolling? So we're going to give you, and it's really quite, I want to say it's quite simple. And uh, there's multiple ways you can do what we're going to be doing right now. Uh, Let's go to the next slide. So we're going to be talking, the gospel is the good news of God's grace, and I'm looking for this beautiful picture. There it is, and that's as far as we'll need to go and get rid of that. So how do I share my faith in Jesus Christ with others is what we're going to be doing for the next little bit here. And you've got the basic outline. And again, this is, a, this is just what I do. You don't have to do what I do. It's, uh, you can modify the verses. I've got to move up just a hair. I can't see Vita. Hey, Vita, how you doing? I'm doing good. You, say what? And that's a good thing, so we're glad to see you. You spend too much time in the hospital. So, but no, I'm seriously glad to see you. Uh, anybody else just get out of the hospital? I think Vita's it, so make sure you give her a, a, a six-foot hug. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I keep saying, oh, I should not say, oh, that's a terrible thing to do in public speaking. Oh, there you go. That helps. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Mark said I'd be a good unsafe person. I didn't know if that was a compliment or not. So. Yeah. Well, he knows you're a great actor, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk about Josh for just a minute before we do this. Uh, we'll do it. Uh, actually, I should have done it in the first service. So on March 5th, March 5th, we're going to be having a vote at church. Uh, Josh will be giving uh, about a 10-minute testimony on March 5th. And uh, we kind of got, I don't know, I know a lot, several folks didn't come to the business meeting, but we are going to hire an associate pastor here. And uh, after what I said was a nationwide search, which was really quite true in a sense, uh, Josh, quite frankly, was the only one who responded uh, to becoming the associate here, which I'm, I'm actually quite happy about. Hey. They they actually like you? I I don't know why, but I don't either. We love him even though he's a sinner. All right. There you go. So we'll take the vote March fifth, give him a little time to uh I'm assuming that uh he's going to get voted in, but he needs a, several weeks then to uh get things switched around at work where he is, and then April 1st, uh, based on the congregational vote, uh, if it goes well, which I, I'm predicting it will, and I'm not a prophet, uh, but then he'll start uh, first week of April, and me and him will be working side by side a whole lot more than today. So I'm looking forward to it. Me and Josh have been buddies now for going on three years. Um, he's literally... Uh, of course, he works full-time at uh, at a shop right now, 
as a you want, it, would it be tool and die maker? Is that yeah, the right word? That's a good okay. word. And uh, his heart's been for ministry, and really, and you heard him a couple of weeks ago uh, when I was gone. He preached all three services on Wednesday night, and it's like I want you guys to once again hear him. And of course, most of you have multiple times, but. Uh, uh, I think I can say in advance, looking forward to working with him, and uh, we're just, we get along well. He doesn't fight me too hard, and it's good. All right, so here's what we're going to do for the next uh, little bit of time, and then uh, we'll have some time maybe for some questions, comments after you see what we do. He has no idea how I'm going to do this, where I'm going to go. All I did is say, listen, come on up here. Don't be too antagonistic, and I meant this on on serious, don't be too antagonistic. Uh, So if you want to throw some punches here and there as far as verbal ones as to objections and so forth, you just do it as as time allows. But I want you to watch uh, uh, just to get an idea. If you've never shared your faith with somebody, if you've never even gotten as far as inviting someone to church, We'll give you a, a few pointers, hopefully, that uh, it's like, well, it's not so hard, and it really isn't. So every single person here, at a minimum, if you've placed your faith and trust in Christ, you have your own testimony. You know what your testimony is. You know what happened that led you to that point where you placed your faith and trust in Christ. So the easiest thing, especially if you don't feel comfortable starting out, is just tell people what happened to you. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. But we're going to get a little deeper than that. I want to literally get to the point, well, and by the way, every single message, every single one of you hear exactly what I'm going to do right now, or at least to some part of it. So you know the gospel, and it's a matter of, well, how do I present it? Again, the, the one little clue I have for you as you start, it's like, ah, I can't remember all those verses. Well, in your hand is a cheat sheet. Do you think uh, somebody's going to get upset if you pull your sheet out and say, listen, I want to go through this stuff with you? Don't, I mean, there's no right or wrong here. If you feel comfortable, take the sheet out and use it. If you want to go to Romans 3.23 and then write down the next verse, Romans 6.23, so you know where to go, and then you go to Romans 6.23 and you write down whatever the next verse you want to use is, do it, whatever works for you. All right, so uh, I'm coming up to Josh. We're going to, it doesn't matter if it's the first time I've been with him or we're good friends. It's pretty much the same routine that I'm going to use. So are you ready, buddy? I'm ready. Well, let's pray and ask the Lord to bless our little time here. You pray, please. Father, we thank you, Lord, so much for bringing us here today. I thank you for what you've done already this morning in our hearts. Please continue to help us, Lord. Help us now as we look at some practical ways that we can share our faith. Lord, it's intimidating at times, and, um, and we feel inadequate. But, Lord, through the power of the Spirit, we can share our testimonies. We can share the truth of the gospel. So please just uh, guide and direct our conversation this morning and be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. A couple other quick little things. Number one, if I'm meeting with somebody at a restaurant, I'm, and especially if I know they're unsaved, I'm not walking in with my big giant club. So I'm going to have a a smaller Bible with me. Maybe I'll have it either concealed on me or I'll have a black case that I carry it in because I don't want to intimidate them off the bat and think they're going to get thumped. Uh, So it's, I'm very cautious. If I'm going to someone else's home, 
90% of the time, I do not use my Bible. I ask to use theirs. I don't care what version it is. I can work with whatever. Uh, because it's like, you, have you got a Bible here? And 90% of people do. If they don't, then I'll, then I'll pop one out. But it's like, have you got a Bible? You're like, well, yeah, I, you know, my mom gave me one 25 years ago. I think it's in the drawer. I'm like, well, go get it. And uh, they'll bring it. And I'm like, so I'm going to use their Bible, which they're familiar with, and they know it's not something I'm making up. All right, so those are a couple little things. So I'm, uh, let's just, I'm going to Josh's house. I'm going to meet him there. We kind of know each other, and here's how we go. All right, ready? I'm ready. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Good, good, Rich. Thanks for coming over. I appreciate it. Well, I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's my pleasure, and uh, I'm so happy that, uh, you know, we've known each other for a while, and yeah. it, it's been good, and uh, man, you've got a nice house here. Thanks. It's big. Appreciate it. Yeah, a lot uh, of people yeah. fit in. This, this living room is huge. <laughs> But uh, got well, two I, screens. Yeah, so I, I love it. And and uh, I'll tell you what. When I walked up and I and I saw your your shrubbery there. I mean, sometimes people get it so overgrown. Man, you got it manicured Thanks. just nice. It's beautiful. Thanks. So you've done a great that. job. Thank you. So uh, and I appreciate the coffee you got for me. That's mm-hmm. tasting really it's, good. It's always good. Yeah. So uh, well, thanks for having me over. And uh, you know, uh, I know we kind of batted this around maybe in the in the past before but uh you know you've been talking a little bit about uh, church stuff and it's like it all kind of boils down to one thing and it's like what's church mean what does uh all these things mean that we've been going through all our life and it, it, it just come all, almost kind of boils down to to one thing that i want to ask you a question if it's okay sure well uh let me ask you this if you're to die right now, do you know for sure if you died that you go to heaven? Man, I haven't I haven't really thought about that too much. I mean hmm. I mean it's kind of not a nice topic to think about, death, yeah, you know. That's true. So I, agree. I haven't I haven't given it much thought. I guess I don't know, I I probably I think I probably would. I I'm a pretty good person, so Yeah. I, I mean, think you're a pretty that's good person. What it, that's what it takes, right? I mean Well, I'll tell you what. Have you got a Bible here somewhere? Yeah. It's right there. (laughs) (laughs) So, is it okay if I use it? Oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. All right, thanks. And, uh, you know, if I could show you how you could know 100% that if you were to die, you'd go to heaven, what do you think? Yeah, I think that'd be great to know that. I mean... I think it's pretty good too. Most people I talk to say, you know, you, you can never know for sure. So yeah, there's a lot of people. Kind of surprised that. to hear you say that that you can know for sure. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. When I was, I grew up in church too. Went to church all my life. My mom and dad used to take me, and all of a sudden I went to this Bible study, and somebody showed me for the first time, as far as I know, that how when I die I can go to heaven someday. Wow! And it's like it was. It really it changed my life. Wow. So. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to take a few minutes. Don't sure. doesn't take that long. That's very much on purpose in our generation. It doesn't take that long. It'll only take a few minutes. Fudging, maybe like I have 23 closings. <laughs> but uh, I thought you'd get that. Anyway, uh, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, Josh. 
Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up to your Bible here, and we're going to take a look at some texts that are in here, and uh, see what uh, you think about all this. So I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to pull up next to you so you can see. So in Romans uh, 3.23, and if you don't mind, uh, let's see if I can find it here, here we go, Romans 3.23, if you could read that verse for me. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All right, so what does it mean to sin? What do you think it means to sin? That's a pretty harsh word. It is. It's something really bad, you know, like killing somebody or stealing or yeah and that's a lot of times what we think but uh the bible when it talks about sin really means anything that god doesn't appreciate that god's not for so it can be as simple as maybe when you were a kid you stole something or maybe a total lie or maybe disobedient to mom or dad and it can if you will other sins like you're talking about they can be very severe you know murder uh, burglary, robbery, rape, any of those type of things we like to think of as really bad sins. But in God's eyes, all sin is sin. And that's why right here he says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Well, that's not a good start, is it? No. It's not. So let's see what else God says about this. So we're going to go over to Romans 6.23. And uh, let's see if you wouldn't mind reading that for me. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, so now where do you work at? Acro Tool. Okay, when you go to work, do you expect to get a paycheck? Yeah, every week. Okay, and you wouldn't be real happy if you didn't get what you earned. No, that wouldn't be good. Not at all. Well, here's another problem, Josh. The Bible tells us here that the the wages or what we've earned because of sin is death. Now, that's a problem, okay? Now, have you ever been to a funeral? Oh, yeah. Okay, not pleasant, is it? No. So when you go to the funeral home, there's usually a casket there, and what's inside of the casket? Oh, the body. The body's there, but uh, the person really isn't there. I mean, their soul, their spirit isn't there. Here's a problem that... God talks about, and sometimes we don't understand everything that God's saying when he's referring to death. So I'm going to take you to one other verse here. And in Revelation chapter 21, 8, if you wouldn't mind reading that, it starts down here and goes to the top of the page. Um, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Ah. So God here is talking about not just physical death or when you go to a funeral, and every single one of us is going to die someday, whether we like it or not. But God talks about this second death, which is kind of what I want to center on for a minute. So every single one of us is going to die physically, but God then talks about a horrible thing, which is called the second death, Now, we just went through a bunch of, and kind of like you said at the beginning, really bad sins. But uh, let me just ask you, Josh, and I'll be honest, not that I'm proud of it, but I've told lies in my life. Have you ever told a lie? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, God says right here, simply because we've lied, all liars, that's me and you, we both admitted to it, shall have their part in a lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Hmm. 
So, Josh, it, it's not pleasant right now. What God is telling us, because me and you have both sinned, if we got what we deserve, not only would we die physically, but we'd experience what's called this second death, which is the eternal lake of fire. Wow. Now, there's a, an, a word that a lot of folks don't like to say because it's been pushed into the realm of being a cuss word today. But really, the Bible talks about a place called hell, which is exactly what he's talking about here. So, Josh, what God says, and, and you admitted you're a sinner, right? Yeah. All right, and so did I. And because we've sinned, if me and you got what we deserve, we'd both spend eternity in a place called the lake of fire. Now, is that what you want? No, but I got a question. Yeah. What about all the good things I've done? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, isn't it that if my good things are more than the, than the sins? Yeah. Because I think I've done a lot more good things than the lies I've told. Okay. So, I mean... Doesn't that help? Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to answer that question because we're going to explain here why even one sin is enough to condemn you to the second death. Uh, What we're going to see is that if we got what we deserve, regardless of how much good we've done, uh, and we're going to go to a verse there in a couple of minutes that will actually point that very issue out, okay? So we'll answer the question in just a moment. Well, let's go to... We're in bad shape now, right? Seems like okay, it. We're sinners. If we got what we deserve, second thing God says, if we got what we deserve, we'd spend an eternity in an awful place called the lake of fire. Well, I want to go to another verse in Romans, in Romans chapter 5, which starts getting us some good news here. All right? In Romans chapter 5, and if you were in church last Sunday morning, we talked about this passage. Oh. Maybe you watched it on the internet. And, uh, all right, so Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Can you read that for me? But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. All right. So what's God telling us here? Even though we were sinners, even though we've done wrong, Jesus said he loves you, Josh, so much that he would demonstrate his love towards us by dying for us. Now, why would he do that, right? So Jesus comes down from heaven. He goes to a cross. You remember that story? Yeah, yeah. Right? About, uh, uh, we remember at Christmas time when Jesus comes to the earth. Yeah. And I, I know you know about Christmas. As anybody in America pretty much knows that. And uh, then we have Easter, which celebrates what? The resurrection of Christ. All right, so why would Jesus do all that? Well, here's why. Again, the Bible says God is going to demonstrate his love toward us. So, Josh, here's a really wonderful thing, that God loves you. He actually loves you. Now, he loves other people, of course, all people, but here's the thing when we're talking about eternal life. God loves you. And quite frankly, Josh, the last thing God wants for you is to experience that second death, which is eternal separation from God. So, number one, we we acknowledge we're sinners, right? Yeah. Number two... If we got what we deserve, where would we go? Uh, You said hell. That's right. And number three now, here's the good news. We finally get away from all the negativity, and now God says, here's what I did for you, for you, Josh. God demonstrated his own love. In other words, this was an action he performed to prove his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. All right, so again, Let's just rehearse a little bit of what Jesus did for you. 
So when we, we think about the Passion Week, which I, when Jesus actually gives his life, what happens? He's arrested, he's betrayed, and then he goes to the cross. He's convicted of a crime he didn't commit. He's put on the cross. Well, why did Jesus do that? Well, Josh, it's because he loves you and went to that cross to literally pay for your sins. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think so. All right. So here's the thing. You mentioned about doing good works and trying to do your best, yeah. and, and maybe all that will get you to heaven someday, right? I mean, that's what you've probably been taught most yeah, of your life. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's so long the good stuff you do is more than the bad stuff. It seems like that should be uh, enough. You would think, wouldn't you? Yeah. But God says it's, it's not going to work. So let me show you what God's plan is for you. Have you ever, well, I shouldn't say that. There's a, a verse here that I'm sure you've heard of before. Almost everybody in the world has, whether they believe it or not, is another question. But uh, John 3.16, and I, if you wouldn't mind reading that for me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I remember uh, reading that, or hearing it in Sunday school at some, some point. Okay. I recognize that one. Yeah, so most people do. Do you realize there's a promise in there for Josh? Really? There is. So here's what we're going to do. And I'm going to use my own name, and then I'm going to put yours in there just to show what this really means. So it says, for God so loved the world. So for for God so loved rich that he, Jesus, gave his only begotten, or God the Father gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever, that if rich believes in him, rich should not perish or go to hell, but have everlasting life. So I'm going to put your name in there so we can do it. For God so loved Josh that he, God the Father, gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that if Josh believes in him, Josh should not perish, but have everlasting life. So right there's a promise. Just God is promising you that simply because we've sinned, We don't deserve to go to heaven, but the good news is that Jesus came down, gave his life on the cross, was buried, and three days later rose from the dead. I'm going to show that to you because this is really, we get kind of bogged down, well, my church said this, or I heard somebody say this, and Mm -hmm. I want to show you from what, what does the Bible really say, right? So let's go to 1 Corinthians 15 for a moment. And it tells us what the, the word gospel simply means, good news. So I want to show you the good news for you today. So we're going to actually read four verses here. So if you'd start at verse 1 and then go through verse 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you by which also you are saved if you hold fast that word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas and then by the twelve. Is that how far? That's good. Okay. All right, so the gospel is right in these verses, and he says this is the gospel. Three different things. Number one, Jesus died 
for our sins. Number two, Jesus was buried. That proved he was dead. Three days he spent in the tomb. The third piece is that after he was dead, what happened to him? Third day. Says he rose again. Rose from the dead. All right, that's what we celebrate Easter on. All right, so that's the good news. That's what Jesus did for you and for me and for every other person on this earth. All right, so that John three sixteen, there was a promise there. For God so loved Josh that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, that if Josh would believe in him, what his death, his burial, and his resurrection, Josh shouldn't perish or go to hell but have everlasting life. Was there anything in there about you have to do good works to get to heaven? Uh, no. There really isn't, no, is not, there? Not really, no. Well, I want to take you to what I think is one of the best couple of verses in the Bible that really helps to explain this. And we're going to go to a book called Ephesians. And again, this is your Bible. It's right in here. So you know I'm not, uh, I'm not pulling a slight of hand here. Yeah. <laughs> so in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, Here's what the Bible says, and I'm going to ask you to read that if you don't mind. All right, so let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to start down here at verse 8, and why don't you read through verse 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. All right, Josh, there's another promise here. It tells you exactly how to get to heaven when you die. Now, I got a present for you. All right, get it. So I want to give you a gift. Okay. So I'll, I'll hold the Bible. Here's a gift for you. Okay. Did you take it? Yeah. Is it yours? Yeah. All right. How much did you have to pay for it? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Am I going to charge you for it? The answer is no. Okay. I was wondering. Hey, hey. So, what did you have to do to receive that free gift? Nothing. Just take it. Just reach out and take it. Yeah. All right. So, that's exactly what God's saying salvation is or how to gain heaven. So, in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says this. And I'll explain the words because they're kind of churchy words, if you will. So, let's see if we can make some sense out of it. For by grace. When God's talking about grace, he's talking about a free, unmerited gift. So just like I just gave that book to you, you didn't pay for it, you didn't do anything to earn it, I just wanted to give you a gift because I felt like it. Okay, so that's a free gift. You reached out and took it. So for by grace you have been saved. What does saved mean? Saved in the Bible means you're saved from your sin and the penalty of sin. So it's kind of, a again, one of those churchy words, but it simply means that you're given a free gift, but you've got to reach out and take it. That's pretty much what he's saying. Okay. And you're saved from your sin, saved from the penalty of sin. What did we say the penalty of sin was? Uh, death, the second death. Which is the lake of fire. Lake of fire, which, you know, we don't like to use the word, but it's hell. It really is horrible place. All right, so for by grace, God's free and merited gift, you have been saved, saved from your sin, saved from the penalty of sin through what? Faith. Faith. So Hebrews 11 tells us that faith is simply believing in something you haven't seen. So did you see the crucifixion of Jesus or his death, burial, or resurrection? No. Haven't seen it. The issue is 
do we believe that it actually took place? That's faith. And he says, you're saved by faith, and what? It's not of yourselves. So when you, and here's how I'm answering your question you asked a little bit ago. You said, well, I try to do good, and I think I've done more good than I've done bad, and you know, I try to be a good person, which I'm sure you have. But what does God say? It's not of yourself. He doesn't, and it sounds harsh, but I don't mean it harsh. God really doesn't care what you've done with your life at this point. Wow. It doesn't matter. Because he said what? Salvation is the gift of God, and here it is again, not of works. Works are what? Any good thing we try to do, right? Yeah. So anything that you've done good, I, I hate to say it, and I don't mean to be harsh because it's the same thing to me, but he's basically saying he doesn't care what we've done. He doesn't care about the good things we've done. What does he wants us to do? He doesn't want us to boast when we get to heaven. Okay. Now I'm going to, I got time, so if I got time, I'd break into this little illustration right now, which some of you have heard. So Josh, do you have any kids? Yeah. All right. Know, know your audience, right? <laughs> so do you have any kids? Yeah. Do you love them? Yeah. All right, of course you do. Yeah. Now let's imagine. Uh, what's the name of your, do you have a boy? Yeah. What's, his, what's the, the got, what's the oldest one's name? The oldest one's Stanley. How old is Stanley? He is 25. All right, so he's an adult. Yeah. How, do you have a girl? Yeah. How, what's the, how many? Two. Two. How old's your oldest girl? 23. All right, so they're both adults. Yeah. All right, now let's imagine just... <laughs> you added a she's year. She's 22. She'll 22. be 23 this year. Yeah, she's coming sorry. up. I knew what you meant. So, sorry to put you on the spot there, brother. It's okay. But uh, <laughs> bottom line. I am a sinner after all, so I'm not yeah, going to get it right. Yeah, got to gotta fudge a little bit. <laughs> so, so, Josh, let me, let me tell you a, a, a little scenario here. Let's suppose your son or your daughter, they're out on the street. And your son or your daughter came across somebody who was being held up. And there's a, an individual with a gun, and they're pointing it at this person. And your son and daughter, just for whatever reason, they didn't know the person, they just had an overrushing compassion for this person being robbed. And uh, uh, they, they come up and, and step in front of the person that the guy's holding the gun on and say, wait a minute, stop, just let him, let him go. Let him go. Don't, don't do anything. And the guy at the gun says, listen, you get out of the way or I'm going to shoot you and I'm going to get the, uh, uh, what I want out of that person. And they, no, I, I'm telling you, don't, I'm, I'm not going to move. I'm, I'm, I, I'm telling you, get away, leave him alone. Just go away. And the guy says, I'm telling you one last time, get out of the way or I'm going to shoot you. And your son or your daughter standing there, and he makes good on his promise, and he shoots, and unfortunately your son or your daughter dies right there, and the other person runs away scot-free. Imagine if that happened, yeah. that your son or your daughter literally gave their life for that other person. Now you go around and somehow you find out who this person is that ran away. And you feel a connection to them because your son or your daughter literally gave their life to save that person. Mm -hmm. And your heart's broke, but you really want to meet that person and give them a hug just because you, you have this closeness to them even though you don't know who it is. Yeah. So you go to their home, you knock on the door, and uh, the person happens to come to the door. 
And you say, hi, I'm, I'm Josh. My, my son, my daughter, they're the ones that gave their life so you could live. And the guy looks at you and says, what are you talking about? They didn't do anything for me. They were stupid. They, they got shot. They, they, they got killed. That's on them. It has nothing to do with me. I saved myself. How would you feel as a dad? Probably pretty offended. Extremely offended. Yeah. I would be. Yeah. Your son, your daughter, stepped in to save the life of someone else. And instead of that person saying, man, I'm so thankful for what your son and your daughter did and giving their life to save mine, the person says, I did it myself. I ran away. I'm the hero. They died in vain. Jesus Christ looks at us. The Heavenly Father right here, he looks at us and says, my son gave his life to save you. And that's as deep as it is when it comes to your own child losing their life to save someone else is the same thing God the Father says, I don't care what you did. Here's what my son did. Gave his life for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. So he says once again, for by grace, God's free unmerited gift, you have been saved. Saved from sin, saved from the penalty of sin through faith. It's not of yourself. It is the gift. He says it again. It is the gift of God, not of our works, lest any person should boast. So Josh, here's God's promise for you right now. Do you believe that you're a sinner? Yeah. I do too. We're both sinners, right? We are. And if me and you got what we deserve, where would we spend eternity? In hell. In hell. That's what we deserve, right? Yeah. But what did Jesus Christ do for you? He died. He died on the cross. And what else did he do? He was buried and uh, rose again. Okay. Do you believe that? Yeah. It's a big deal, isn't yeah, it? It is. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Are you, have you come to the place where you're ready to stop trying to get to heaven on your own and to receive the free gift of eternal life by placing your faith and trust in what Jesus did for you? Yes, I am. That's wonderful, Josh. I'm happy. I'm happy for you. So again, let's just make sure we understand what you're doing here. Okay. All right? Number one, we're all sinners. Number two, if we got what we deserve... We'd both go to hell and burn forever. But we both believe, and you correct me if I'm wrong, we both believe that Jesus Christ, God's Son, came down from heaven, died on the cross for our sins, was buried, three days later rose from the dead, and he promises us right here in his word that if you'd receive by faith that free gift of eternal life by receiving it, he promises what? You'll go to heaven when you die. Wow. Do you believe that? I do. All right. Well, God says you got to receive this gift. There's one thing you got to do. It's not just get it up here, but to receive it by faith. Okay. And are you trusting in Christ? And you can do it right there where you're seated this very moment. Are you by faith receiving that free gift this very moment? Yes, I am. Well, that's wonderful, Josh. I'm so happy to hear that. I'll tell you what, I'd like to say a prayer with you just to rejoice in what God just did in your life. Okay. In, uh, you accepting uh, his son for eternal life. Is it okay if we pray together? Sure. sure. Maybe, uh, have, do you pray much? 
A little bit, sometimes. Little bit. Uh, yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Let's do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you out if you don't mind. I'm gonna, uh, we're going to say a prayer. The prayer is not what's going to take you to heaven. Your faith that you just placed in Christ is. Okay. But uh, if you're new to praying, I'll, I'll say a simple prayer. You can just say out loud the words after me. Is okay. that all right? Sure. All right, let's pray. Okay. Father, I thank you for Josh receiving your free gift of eternal life by placing his faith and trust in Jesus. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful decision he's just made. So we want to thank you for that. So, uh, Josh, maybe you just want to pray along with me. Dear God. Uh, dear God. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. And I know I don't deserve to go to heaven. I do not deserve to go to heaven. But right now. Right now. I've trusted Jesus Christ. I've trusted Jesus Christ. As my Savior. As my Savior. By faith. By faith. Thank you. Thank you. For promising. For promising. To take me to heaven. To take me to heaven. When I die. When I die. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, my friend. So let me just ask you, based on everything right now, if you were to die right now, where do you think you'd go? Heaven. Are you sure? Yeah. Excellent. That's wonderful. Now, there's one more thing I want to do before we move on. I'm going to go back to that Ephesians passage. Because if you've placed your faith and trust in Christ, which based on what you told me you have, and yeah. I'm so happy about that, here's what God now asks you to do as a Christian. Before, what did your works amount to? Did God care what you've done? No. He really didn't. I mean, it's all about His Son. So here's when we talk about good works, which you talked about, now it's time to do those good works and to start serving the Lord, and I'll help you with that. I'll, I'll be here with you along your new path as a new Christian. And, but I just want to show you from the Bible because everybody talks about going to heaven by works. Well, works actually come after what you just did, uh, your good works. So let's go. We talked about uh, we're not saved by works, lest anyone should boast. Can you read verse 10 for me? For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All right. So we're talking about doing good things, if you will, doing things that please God. After you, by faith, received his son, now he says, listen, Josh, you're a new believer. You're a new Christian. You're his child. Now, God, just like in any family, he wants his children, me and you, to serve him. And, uh, well, like I say, I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk you through these things uh, step by step over the over the next several weeks and months and try to help you grow in your life and your walk with Christ. Okay. You're going to probably want uh, you'll just have this hunger. You'll want to know God better. You'll want to read his Bible. You'll want to pray more and uh, just start growing in Christ. So here's what I'd like to suggest to get us started. Okay. Um, I think you visited us once at Union Girl Baptist, right? Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, so here's what I like to suggest. Um, I'd like you to be my guest this Sunday. Okay. And after we get done with church, would you, uh, and, and your whole family, you know, your, your kids, the wife, everybody can come. Uh, I'd like to take you guys out to dinner afterwards. Would you be okay with that? Yeah, that sounds Most great. people like a free dinner, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, so... Uh, you come to church, I'll, uh, I'll take you out at lunchtime, and we'll just get to know each other better, and we'll start your new walk with Christ, if that works for you. Sounds great. All right, sounds good to me, too. Yeah. Well, man, I'm so happy we had this time to chat. Thanks. I'm so happy you've trusted Christ, and we're going to be working together with you, okay? Awesome. Thank All you. All right. 
All right, so in, in essence, and we're just about out of time, took about uh, 20, 25 minutes. It's that simple. Now, you say, well, what if they have a bunch of objections and they're not as easy as Joshua's? Well, that very likely can happen. So again, as we, we did in a previous class, now he had one objection which actually fit right into the gospel message, which was works. Well, we'll get to that. That's part of our what we're going to get to, and we did. But if he would have said, well, how about the people in Africa or Europe and Asia that never heard the gospel? What about them? They'll never hear it, and this isn't fair. I said, well, Josh, that's a great question. And uh, we'll get to that later. I literally, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it has nothing to do with his salvation. So we basically says, we'll get to that later. And I will, and I would. Uh, but if he doesn't get the gospel, he's not going anywhere. So when they come up with, well, you know, what about Aunt Matilda and what happened to so-and-so or what about, you know, watching TV or do I have to give up drugs and alcohol and all this other stuff, it has nothing to do with their salvation. It just doesn't. Um, by the way, does somebody have to become perfect before they trust Christ? Can somebody become perfect before they trust Christ? Absolutely not. Can someone become perfect after they trusted Christ? Not until when? Not until we get to heaven, all right? So, it, 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 and that's, that's the thing. You've got to get people centered on the fact that there's only one way to heaven, which is through faith in whom? Christ. That's it. So, you've got to stay on track, got to stay centered, try not to get sidetracked. And if you do, kindly draw them back in. Well, Josh, that's a great question. It really is. But I'll tell you what, let's finish this and then we'll get to that question a little bit later, if that's okay. Now, if there. And it's some people get hard-nosed at that point, and they really do. It's like, well, listen, if you can't answer that, I'm done. And I'm like, all right, well, in that case, I'm, I'll probably answer the question because we're done. If he says, I'm not interested, I don't want to hear it, and uh, we don't get through the gospel, I say, hey, Josh, then I go right to the closing. Would you, would you be interested in coming to church with me Sunday? I'll even pick you up. It's like, nah, I can get there on my own. I'm like, okay, if you come, I'll tell you what should we do. We'll go to dinner afterwards. Skip the gospel. If you can't get there, fine. Start building a what? Relationship. A relationship. Let them know. They will know we are Christians by our what? Love. Our love. So just show the person love. Keep working with them. If they're open to talking to you, keep the conversation going. And maybe eventually you'll get to the gospel, or maybe they come to church and hear the gospel, and life is good, and uh, God touches their heart. All right, uh, we're literally out of time, but I'll, anybody got any comment, question real quick? Larry? If I could add just one thing sure. to the presentation, Pastor. Uh, I believe that there is no greater privilege than to do what you just got through doing, sharing the gospel. The challenge that I have, and probably a lot of us have, is making that transition in conversation to the gospel. What has worked for me is that book that Josh is holding in his hand. Hmm. That has allowed me to transition into the gospel uh, uh, by asking them questions uh, about the title of your book. Okay. It has been a big help to me. Well, good. Excellent. So bottom line, you give them the book and uh, say, hey, you ever thought about this? And good opening. Good. Uh, Bernie? Do it, does it ever happen? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's talking about like a tractor. Yeah, the answer is no. Um, 
right now, and I actually am, this is, and like Larry, this is kind of my key tool right now. And the reason why it's good for me is because my picture's on it and I can, you know, and I'm serious though, but it works wonderful because it goes, you were a cop and you're one of these Bible thumpers, you know, and it, yeah, Larry, or um, Lewis. Well, thanks. I was wondering what to do next week. Now I know. <laughs> Good. Yeah, uh, Herman. What do you do? Say to them, an unbeliever, if they give you the passage in the Bible, it says faith without works is dead. All right, so we go to that side of James, of course, and say, well, you know, you're absolutely right. Faith without works is death. But have you? let's get to the point where we first understand what faith is. So you go right back to the gospel. We'll, we'll, we'll show how works play into this, but works come after faith. So it's just a matter of the chronology. All right, one more and we got to quit. Tom. All right, so if you couldn't hear, Tom asked, uh, if a person does not have a biblical worldview, how do you deal with them? In other words, they're coming at it from a secular view. They've uh, basically, there is no truth in the world. How do you get there? All right, the only thing in, the, in my quick answer is, and that's actually, that's about a half an hour class, right? Why are you taking my Bible? Damn it. <laughs> All right, so here's the bottom line. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even of the binding asunder of soul and spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So instead of getting into apologetics, which you may have to do if they're not ready to, to get into the gospel, I still, regardless of whether their current beliefs are anti-biblical, anti-God, I'm going to cut them up. So I'm going to take the Bible, I'm going to give them the gospel. If they reject it on its face, so be it. But if you watch, I don't just talk about what Rich thinks. Every single thing I do is I'm reading right, or he's reading as we show today, the Word of God. It's quick, it's powerful, it's cutting while we're talking. Now, if at the end of the presentation they said, well, you know, that's what you believe, but it's not what I believe, right? Because they literally reject God in the Bible, well, then you got uh, then you come to John, Josh's apologetics class, and here's a here's a book, and I and I'll close with this because I'm out of time. But there's a great book that was written back when I was in high school, so it's ancient, but it's good. Josh McDowell, evidence that demands a verdict. So if you got somebody that's stuck on anti-biblical worldview, and they won't accept the gospel. Do what Josh McDowell did when he was unsaved. He went through, and, and it's a wonderful work, evidence that demands a verdict. He goes through the things that are major objections, and there's a lot of them. And Josh went through trying to prove the Bible wrong, and by the time he got done with his book, he believed the gospel. So it's a long process for some. Not everybody's going to get saved. Like I mean, this is rare that you get that privilege, and bam, they come to Christ immediately. Uh, that's that's what we call fruit ready for the picket. But uh, what Tom's talking about is much, much more the case. So 
get the book, Evidence Day at the Man's a Verdict. Uh, Josh taught out of it a couple of, for a couple of weeks when I was gone, and it's good stuff. All right, uh, we got to get you going. Uh, don't forget to pick your kids up. I'm not driving them home today. And uh, <laughs> watch close us in prayer. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Lord, for the time that we've been able to spend centered on the gospel. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us, Lord, as we navigate conversations. Uh, as Larry stated, it's sometimes difficult to steer a conversation from regular everyday things to the gospel. But Lord, please just give us wisdom and insight and help us to use the tools that are available. Uh, please help us, Lord, to uh, be able to share this week. Give us boldness and please give us opportunities, Lord. And we trust you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, have a good afternoon. If you can be back at 6, we'll see you then.